Bob Ryan, Justin Tinsley, Tim Kalashan, Mina Kimes. Buffalo Bills, five and a half point favorites over the Bengals this weekend. Typically, it's a three point advantage for home field. Buffalo is home. Should the Bills be favored? And are we sure this game should even be in Buffalo or a neutral site? Let's go. Yeah, I'm going back there. I've taken two weeks to consider it. So much of the so much of the energy was about the coin flip between Buffalo and excuse me, Cincinnati and, and Baltimore, but now I'm I'm hooked on this. When the scenarios were voted on and agreed upon by the league, there certainly was a fog of just get us to a point where we can play, and that's understandable. The coin flip for Cincy Baltimore was so out there that it became the point Zach Taylor and team voiced against. And that was understandable, too. Now that we're here and the game is in Buffalo, are we sure this game shouldn't be at a neutral site? Buffalo home, five-and-a-half-point favorite. Joe Burrow says Bengals aren't underdogs. That he likes going on the road. Zach Taylor, quote, we know we're the defending AFC champion. We're not an underdog to anybody. Mina Kimes, around the horn to you. Is Cincy an underdog? They are. If they were healthy, I don't think they would be, but they're not. They're down three of, of their five starters on the offensive line. We just saw Joe Burrow under siege, sacked four times despite a 2.38-second time to throw against Baltimore. They could not run the ball. The Bengals' offensive line is a problem. Now, that's not saying that I think the Bills are going to win overwhelmingly. I love Cincinnati's defense. Their ability to game plan for elite quarterbacks is unparalleled. But moving the ball on offense – when you are that injured on your offensive line, is very, very difficult, and Joe Burrow's life is not going to be easy. Tim Kalashaw, since the underdog to you? I think so. I mean, for two teams that we respect a lot and should respect a lot, Buffalo was not impressive last week, and Cincinnati was worse. Cincinnati didn't look like they were going to win the game until the whole 99-yard turnaround on the fumble at the goal line. Uh, as, as Mina said, three offensive linemen down. That's not going to go away. I think both quarterbacks are going to get sacked a lot. I don't think this is going to be the uh, Josh Allen versus Joe Burrow 300-yard versus 300-yard show people might like to see. It's going to be tougher than that. But Buffalo is still at home. you, you got to go with the Bills. Justin Tinsley, Cincinnati says they're not underdogs. you think they're underdogs? Sure, they're underdogs for reasons that Mina and Tim said, but that only matters in Vegas. I love this team not really embracing the underdog trope. They can't use the no, nobody believes in us trope anymore. You, you, were, you were literally an Aaron Donald sack away from being Super Bowl champs. But this is a team that went to Kansas City and beat Kansas City last year in, in, in the AFC title game. So they're not intimidated by going to Buffalo. Cincinnati is 9-1 versus non-divisional opponents this year. Joe Burrow is 23-3 in terms of touchdowns and, and, and interceptions. So they're built for this stage, and, and, and there's a lot riding on this. Excuse me, a lot riding on this game. We've talked about their issues on the line, but getting the center carries back is huge. And both teams are going in, and both teams are going into this game with a lot of. A lot on the line in terms of winning streaks. Cincinnati wants to right last year's wrongs. Buffalo, want, they want to get over the divisional hump. So I don't think either side really cares about an underdog, although Joe Burrow is 2-0 two, two as a five-point underdog the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. And Bob Ryan. Let me ask you all a question. Who is the defending AFC champion? Yes, you know the answer. They have 
unit confidence. They believe in themselves. They think they belong. They are entering this with not the slightest fear of intimidation or anything else. That's number one. Number two, I don't think that the home field advantage is a big damn deal in the NFL, except for one reason that doesn't exist in this game, and that's indoors versus outdoors. They're both outdoors. That's not a problem there. Number three, all I've been hearing all week, reading from the experts, is Buffalo didn't look that great. Buffalo, Josh Allen turns it over too much. Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah, but. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. And so they're not invincible. I like Cincinnati. I'm not predicting an upset. I'm simply saying don't be surprised. This is an even game. Mina, I, I hear you. Oh, I see you're reacting to all the fellow panelists, but Bob specifically answering the question on what they did last year, and that's why they're not an underdog, but you're viewing them differently in who they are at this exact moment. Isn't that right? Yeah. It, I, I mean, I don't want to just hit the offensive line again, guys, but it is so hard to generate explosive plays. The sort of explosive plays Joe Burrow dined on on the outside to Jamar Chase D. Higgins last year when you don't have any time. I would also add defenses have gotten a lot better at playing this team. Last season, they faced a lot of single high coverage. They were blitzed a lot. Joe Burrow was blitzed a lot. Defenses now know better. They're going to make Joe Burrow dink and dake his way down the field, and it's not going to be easy. Bob Ryan, you said you didn't care where it was played. Uh, that's fine. No. Uh, and that's, a, that's an understandable reaction. Anyone questioning the NFL decision? Yeah, we're two weeks away from it. Okay, Callis Shaw, you. Today, Troy Vincent told the Buffalo News there was discussion about this being a neutral field situation, much like Kansas City Buffalo could be, but it was voted against. It was decided against. How do you read it? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was the easiest call to make and to make a couple days after the Hamlin injury when we knew or at least thought we knew that things were going to be okay on that front and we could start figuring out the football ramifications of not playing that game. Uh, Cincinnati had a home game taken away from them, a game I know it had just started, but they were winning the game, and it just seemed like the fairest thing to do. If these two teams play in the second round, play it at a neutral side, because Cincinnati, if they'd won that night, the game would be in Cincinnati today. We, I, I think both teams would have gone for it, and it would have been So fair. the argument is, well, they played the same number of games, one team had a better record. I am familiar with the works of Pablo Neruda, okay? We recognize that, but the game that was being played were between these two teams, and that's the game that didn't go to completion. Both teams controlled their own destiny when they kicked off that game. Mm. We've been horrible. we'll move on. Let's talk one seeds now. Both heavy favorites. Philly by seven and a half over New York. KC by eight and a half over Jacksonville. But for this particular preview to the preview, I'm looking for vulnerabilities, looking for possibilities. Do the Giants or Jacks have any path to victory, Bob Ryan? Which one seed could be vulnerable to upset? The Giants, you're darn tootin' they do. You know, they're going to enter this game on a du dual upswing. One is physical. They're playing great. The, the, the quarterback's coming off a career game. Saquon Barkley played the way Saquon Barkley supposed to play, and then some. That's number. And spiritually, they're being fed a big deal by the New York press that this is a redux of the two Giants teams who beat the Patriots. That Daniel Jones mm. has morphed into Eli Manning mm. already, and I think they believe it. I think they're going to go in this with an enormous amount of confidence. Plus. Does the old beating a team three times thing? And then finally, which Jalen Hurts will we see? I think the Giants yeah. are primed for the quote-unquote upset. Mina Kimes. 
Well, I think both favorites win. But as far as which of the underdogs has a better <laughs> chance, uh, I'm also going with New York. So yesterday I rewatched both the earlier Kansas City-Jacksonville game and then the Week 14 Giants-Eagles game. Both one seeds trounced their opponents. However, this Giants team has evolved in certain ways since then that I think makes this one closer. A couple of things. One, the last time they played, they didn't have Leonard Williams, Xavier McKinney, Adoree Jackson. This defense is getting healthier, and the four-man rush in particular has been better and better as weeks have gone along. Secondly, this offensive staff in New York maybe comes up with better game plans right mm -hmm. now than any mm -hmm. other team yeah. outside of Kansas City. And, and one thing that didn't happen the last time they played, Daniel Jones barely ran. He had one designed run for 17 yards. The uh, Eagles defense is very good, but they are 30th in EPA per play versus quarterbacks who run. Right. So I expect to see Jones running a lot, and I think that'll help Did you me see on. how many times he ran last game? 17 in total, which was a number that blew your mind. Okay, so you watch both games. When you watch both games in advance doing prep, are you watching that at time and a half, 150%? Or is it really one? <laughs> Kalashaw, I know you were at a Mavericks game last night. Doesn't help you in this answer. Yeah. Maybe later in the Some show it helps you. That's what you did last night. But please, on your, on your one team that could make a shocker. Broad horizons are important on this show. I, I, I think it's also... The Giants and, and, and Bob and Mina stated a lot of the reasons. I think the helpful one is when you're playing a team in your division, you're not scared of them. You at least know why you lost those two games, and especially the second one when the Giants already knew they were the number two wild card and, and didn't care, and the Eagles still had trouble mm -hmm. putting, them, <clears throat> putting them away. They saw what Jalen Hurts is like after this injury, and maybe they picked up something there. I just think Jacksonville, this run they've had, at, mostly at home, mostly those wins at home against Dallas, against Tennessee last week. Going to, going to Kansas City, that's going to be way over their heads. Dustin Tinsley. Sure, I'll bite. I'm taking, I'm taking Jacksonville. They've got the most underdog wins in a single season in the Super Bowl era in eight. Dougie P knows, the, oh. he knows how to draft a zany game plan against really good teams. And, and laugh all you want at this stat. Trevor Lawrence on Saturdays, 34-0 on Saturdays in college in the NFL, including 2-0 in the NFL his last two games. And since week nine, he's top five in, in completion percentage, uh, QBR, and pass touchdowns against a man defense. And look, I love Patrick Mahomes. I'm part of that church, and I worship yeah. him too. But we've seen Kansas City lift, lift their foot off the gas. They barely got by Denver. They went to overtime okay. against Houston. So, look. You, you realize I'm that stat you about chance. playing on Saturdays is that's, that's a lot of wins against Wake Forest and NC State and Georgia It's 34-0. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One there. more story here. I'm reading from today's Los Angeles Times now. The Chargers held a press conference for their coach Wednesday morning, and you'll never guess who showed up. Brandon Staley. Yes, he's still here. Bill Plaschke wrote it. <laughs> At that conference, Staley said he never felt his job was in jeopardy. He has a lot of confidence going forward. Tim, should the Chargers and Chargers fans and Chargers Twitter account have confidence in Staley going forward? I'm sorry, that looks like a Saturday Night Live skit with him popping up there at the microphone and looking around. It doesn't look like a real thing. And I apologize to Mr. Plasky. Immense respect for him. I think he deserves one more year. I know he made some big mistakes. The Mike Williams playing in the last game, a guy who'd been hurt much of the year and they needed badly, that was huge. And that's on him. But playing in the division with the Chiefs, being who they are, I'd give him another Andy year. Andy Kimes. 
Yeah, uh, I agree with Tim. I mean, this is a little bit tricky because Staley wasn't perfect this year. I think the management of injuries, including Justin Herbert's earlier in the season, was a bit dubious. And then ultimately he did oversee an offense that I felt was all too conservative. Mm -hmm. However, he is a brilliant defensive game planner, and he managed through some pretty challenging injuries. I think he deserves another shot, um, and then we'll see and reevaluate next Bob year. Bob Ryan. I think that if 25 to 30 coaches in this league had managed the team the way he did in the end, he wouldn't be having this discussion. They'd be looking through the unemployment. Uh, so what's different about Staley right then? Now. Or is it different about Los Angeles, I guess Ma is what I'm asking. Ask his management. That, that it's all up to his management. They, if they're happy, fine. But uh, he wouldn't survive in most places. You can't get 100% people to agree on anything, Justin. At one moment uh, during the night of that game, it was 100% that Sean Payton would be coaching L.A. by Monday or Tuesday morning. It didn't play out that way. Your thoughts on Staley going forward? Look, I don't celebrate anybody losing a job, but in this case, I stand with Bill Plaschke. I'm surprised that he still has it. And on, top, on top of all the other mistakes, what I really didn't like in that press conference, I don't think he took much accountability for that loss. He called it high-level football by both teams. I don't think you play high-level football <laughs> or when you blow a 27-point lead, one of the biggest blown losses in NFL history. I would have liked to see more accountability, so there's no confidence, uh, at least on mine. Nina, you mentioned that some conservative play calling. There was the fourth, I mean, they went for the field goal late that in that well, game, yeah. you know, and when, when the whole thing is they go for it on fourth down it didn't and that's when the game got away from them we'll take a break here buy or sell on the other side just seemed like he wasn't true to himself p that's our analytics team <laughs> p passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport. Brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. News of the day from the NFL. It's about half the league could be looking for new offensive coordinators this offseason. Teams coordinating, getting rid of offensive coordinators. To two today, Tampa and Baltimore, Byron Leftwich and Greg Roman, respectively. Both offenses had issues this year. How much was OC? How much was other? And what it means for quarterbacks of those teams. Tom Brady of Tampa and Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. John Harbaugh today saying... 100%, 200% that Lamar Jackson's the cornerback of the Ravens. Mina, there's a lot in there by herself. 
Yeah, 200% is about how much they should increase the guaranteed money they're offering Lamar then. Uh, I think that mm. both Ooh. of these offensive coordinators probably did have to go, starting with Roman, even with they had when they had Lamar Jackson, the passing game left a lot to be desired, especially in terms of route spacing and depth. There were always issues. Felt like something that they had to improve upon. And then in Tampa, while they did go to the Super Bowl with Byron Leftwich, a lot of issues this year with play calling. I'll just point to one. Tampa had the best play-action passing attack out of the gun in the NFL, yet they used play-action at the lowest rate in the league. Just one of many frustrations watching that offense. Tim Callis. It just seems like both are, are designed to, to placate fans. Byron Leftwich was good enough to win a Super Bowl two years ago. Greg Roman designed the 49er offense for Colin Kaepernick to get to a Super Bowl. He was the coordinator when Lamar Jackson won an MVP. But they're going to do better somewhere else. Mm, so you're, you're selling both of these moves, Justin it's Tinsley? Just, when you have a bad season, you fire the offensive yeah, coordinator. I'm actually I'm buying both moves, but definitely for Baltimore. Baltimore's offense has fell off the cliff over the last couple of years. They, they were number one in 2019, and they were 19th this year. So while Greg Roman was great for that run game, there, there wasn't a lot of passing diversity in, in the passing game. So Baltimore needs a lot on offense. And in particular, an offensive identity, rather, that's not Lamar bust. Same was true for Tampa, though. They were number one offense just two years ago and then falling to beyond the middle of the pack this year. Bob Bryan. Wasn't Byron Leftwich one of the rising stars of the assistant coaching community only yesterday? Uh, I find it interesting. Here's my take on this. I can't uh, uh, disagree with anything that's been said. You have two offensive coordinators who are trying to design plays for the two most divergent quarterbacks in the NFL. The most immobile, old-fashioned quarterback, still breathing, and, and, and a prototype yeah. of, the, of the... So my question would be, first, do the moves pass. then uh, make you think so, there might be changes at quarterback because they'll bring in a new system, or, or what? Mina, d- does Roman out mean Lamar is going to be having to learn something new? Well, I think both changes are good for the offense, potentially. And when you've got two quarterbacks who, you know, it's unclear if they'll return, I'd like, I would think that improvements in the offense would make both those teams more attractive to the quarterbacks. Bob Ryan, how about you? Well, you, what you need is whoever is going to get these new jobs, uh, you have to get people specifically designed to accommodate these divergent quarterbacks, True. period, whoever they are. They have, they're, 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 they're very the news from John Harbaugh, 200% that Lamar Jackson was – that's support. Quarterback right of the team. That was the support panelists were asking for last week. You're hearing it now. You, are you impressed? Are you, do you believe it? It seems like there's still some consternation. Seems there. like a lot. We'll 200%. move on. Dallas Cowboys. They signed kicker Tristan Viscaino to the practice squad this week, calling it insurance. Tim, how do you think that goes over in the head of Brett Maher as he tries to get over the four missed extra points in time for Sunday versus Sunday? Like, they do have to worry about what's in the head of Brett Maher, but, but not that. He, he knows they have to look. They have to at least take a peek at what's out there. Nobody's ever had a per- playoff performance like he just did. And they may have to go till warm-ups to figure out which one to go with. Mm. Justin Sinsley. Uh, Tony, you, hopefully you'll appreciate this movie reference. This is either going to – this is either – for Dallas, it's either going to be – this This is the real-life Ray Finkel villain origin story, or he's going to kick the game-winning field goal and send Tim Kalashaw to his first conference championship covering the Cowboys. <laughs> I don't know how this ends, but it's the Cowboys, the even when they're perfect. they for Ray Finkel. I'm not sure you recognize that. The laces were not in, in this weekend for Maher. Go ahead, Bob Ryan. 
We're told he had a good practice day today, that he being Mar. I think you stick with Mar. You have positive reinforcement. They all come up and pat him on the back. They all say they'll take him out to dinner after the game, whatever. They make him feel good. That's what they had to do. And Kimes. Uh, I mean, you have to do it because if Maher misses that first one, he's getting pulled, right? And they do need a backup. But I'll say this about kicker psychology. They're competitors, too. Maybe having someone else in the building will motivate him to kick better. Kalashaw, you want to add something? Please go ahead. Brett Maher, six for six in practice today. Vizcano, three for five. Mm, that's the only panelist to know those swirling winds at the yeah. practice facility. <laughs> that gets them through. Oh, they howl. Yeah. They howl. <laughs> Times Kalashaw showdown in two minutes. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Australian Open at a 70-shot rally. I always wonder when, when these things happen. Is it a good thing or is it a, a boring thing? But we also have an American resurgence at the Open. Mackenzie McDonald over number one Rafa Nadal. We talked about that earlier this week. Jensen Brooksby, so rude to number two Kasper Rude, <laughs> knocking him out. And Katie Volinets. Yes, Volinets is her last name, the greatest name in the sport. She knocked off the nine seed on the women's side. Mina, is this American resurgence something real or not yet? I think it is, especially with regards to the men, because, of course, that's where Americans have not been competitive in tennis for some while. Because of the volume, eight American men in the third round. That's the most since 1996, Tony. Mm -hmm. One of them has to be the future Mm -hmm. of this sport. This is something that's been missing for a long time. You know, it's been 20 years since since an American male uh, won a Grand Slam event. Taylor Fritz is a pretty good player, but bigger surprises with these gentlemen getting through, although Brooksby's had some nice wins. I think he's going to be a nice player. Mm-hmm. But again, the biggest surprise, Volinets. She was asked, is that oh, yeah. how you pronounce your last name? And she had a great response. It is now. Let's go with it. <laughs> Showdown 2, I want to do a 30 for 30 on half-court shots because growing up, they used to investigate you if you hit one. I remember a Bulls fan, they tried to take back his, uh, his money, and it was an enormous sum of money. It was a three-quarter shot, half a million. Uh, and then when they found out, he played Juco basketball. So that's how big a deal it was then. Mm. But it's not like they give away that much money anymore. The Pacers gave away 500 a few weeks ago. But I bring this up because last night the Lakers had their third fan hit it. Ooh. And they gave away 70,000, so that's pretty good. Meanwhile, in that game, Kings beat the Lakers, sacked fans shouting, light the beam in L.A. This game was in L.A. It was sack fans, light the beam. Tim, what's the takeaway? 
The takeaway is those Kings fans. The Kings won that game without Sabonis. They go into L.A., yeah. went on the road. They're the four seed yeah. right now in the West. Mina? Watch out for Sacramento. It's the Kings. I have seen people make half-court shots. I have never seen Sacramento fans take over Los Angeles. They turn them into the basketball chargers, Tony. <laughs> Tim Kalashaw, FaceTime. Oh, thank you, Tony. Uh, this week, the divisional playoffs, eight teams left standing for about two decades. That's been Tom Brady country. It's usually Aaron Rodgers country, Breeze, Peyton Manning. Those guys all gone. The oldest quarterback left standing this weekend, 29-year-old Dak Prescott. That right. It belongs to the kids now. It's kids game. Just like this show. Belonging to the kids. Callie get the win. Gone. <laughs> Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network.